and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. We are the only podcast being produced by Syracuse University alumni for Syracuse University alumni. My name is John Boccasino, and I am the communications specialist in the Office of Alumni Engagement here at Syracuse University. I'm also a proud 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a broadcast journalism degree. Well, folks, our guest today on the Cuse Conversations podcast, we are pleased to bring you Cam Lynch, a 2014 graduate of Syracuse University. He was a standout linebacker for the football team. He has played in the National Football League for portions of five seasons. He's an entrepreneur. He's an aspiring media mogul. He has a great story to share. And uh, Cam, we are so pleased to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me, John. Before we kind of dive into all the different aspects of your orange passion, how did Syracuse come on your radar in the first place? Why did you choose to come attend school here and play for the football team? So I got a letter from Syracuse actually around track season in high school. So 2010, 2011. And I saw a letter I haven't heard from Syracuse beforehand. So I opened it up, uh, you know, did my research. I was like, huh, I've never heard of the school before. I watched the Express and, you know, saw Ernie Davis and Floyd Little and those guys um, in the movie. So I was like, hmm, this is a cool university. I, I like what they represent. And so I went to visit and that's all she wrote. So I bleed orange <laughs> to this day. Well, that's great. And for our fans who might not know, Cam is actually from Georgia uh, originally. Uh, that's where he went to high school. He was a standout at Brookwood High School, uh, an outstanding student athlete. Your, your academics have always been been top notch. What was that first game like when you played for Syracuse? The first game at Syracuse was kind of crazy. Um, I think it was Wake Forest my freshman year. And that was, like I said, 2011 is when I got there. And it was it was just crazy. I mean, the environment, it, it's hot in there. <laughs> People don't realize how there's not much air circulation in the dome. So I've had teammates from the, Buccane- from the Buccaneers who played for LSU say to me, hey, going up to Syracuse was a it was a rude awakening because they were ready for the noise and the heat. So, <laughs> uh, it was, the Loud House um, served, it served its purpose well. It's impressive, Cam, uh, to, to hear you talk about, you know, you watch the Express and you obviously know about you know, Jim Brown and Floyd Little and Ernie Davis and the the proud football tradition that we have up here. How much did wanting to bring this program back to prominence, how much of a role did that play in your decision to come and attend Syracuse? That was big time. Doug Marone was there, the head coach at the time, and we had an awesome team. I mean, Chandler Jones, you know, you got Shamarco Thomas, Marquise Brewer, Dyshawn Davis, a, a lot of people who on the, I named a lot of defensive guys, defensive guys, but I wanted to be a part of and be with when it came to playing football. I mean, these guys are overachievers when it comes to sports and life. And so um, I felt that these athletes and the head coach and the group that we were there with at Syracuse at the time um, could definitely get some bowl games, some wins in. And you were part of that team, Cam, your sophomore year that went to the Pinstripe Bowl and snapped uh, Syracuse's bowl drought. It had been quite some time since the Orange had been in a bowl game. Of course, you got to play at Yankee Stadium, uh, which was such a cool atmosphere for a football game. What do you remember about that game and the win over West Virginia. What do you recall about that one? I recall sacking Geno Smith <laughs> for a safety that game. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a it was a beautiful scene. It was very cold. It was snowing, but it was like one of those things that you'll never forget because of the environment. I mean, you're at the Yankee Stadium. Uh, it's snowing. I mean, you're playing ball. You got your long sleeves on. You're slipping and you're sliding, but you're making plays and having fun and, and winning. So that was that was pretty special there. 
you know, playing the pinch drive bowl, uh, sacking Geno Smith and, and getting to safety. So, um, you know, we beat we beat West Virginia a couple times while I was there at Syracuse, and um, uh, it feels good when I when I come across a West Virginia alum <laughs> now, even to this day. You mentioned uh, Cam the the fan presence, you know, in the dome, and obviously that game against West Virginia at Yankee Stadium, there was a large alumni presence what kind of response did you feel that you know you and the team received you know when you were down in new york city how well received were the orange when they were making this uh pretty pretty prestigious bowl appearance given the fact that the team hadn't been to a bowl game in a while yeah syracuse is awesome is awesome when it comes to the alumni base i mean i'm an alumni and just traveling through new york city um, I mean, you see people, you wear a Syracuse orange hat or a shirt and people are like, go Cuse, you know, um, we, we bleed orange and playing at the pinstripe bowl in New York city. Uh, that was a special treat for me personally, because, you know, I haven't really prior to having been in New York city like that. I haven't went to go visit or spend time there. So playing that bowl game allowed somebody from California or, and that moved to Georgia to spend time in New York city. And so, after I graduated, I went back more and more and more because just the beauty that the city provides. So um, it's an it's a, it was a special opportunity that Syracuse allowed us uh, to go there and play. I think it's remarkable, Cam, when you look at the student athletes. And you know, I know that you know we're, we're getting ready, obviously, for you know the the Super Bowl is coming up, and everyone's paying attention to college football and pro football. And you know, people think of you guys as being superstars on the field, but you have a great reputation for being an academic superstar yourself. Uh, you earned COSIDA academic all district honors your senior year. You were an all ACC academic selection your senior year. You made the athletic director's honor roll four semesters in a row. So really you committed yourself to your grades too. How tough was it to balance being an athlete and a student here at Syracuse? That was extremely tough. I mean, playing in the NFL after that, you kind of, there's like a drop off, right? Because in college, you, you, you go to class and then you go to practice in the NFL, you just go to practice, you know? And so uh, that was extremely tough because I put so much work in, in college when it came to academics and of course high school as well. But that'd be my suggestion to other student athletes. And that's, this is what I did where, you know, before you get active and you just, you know, dive into your social life, which is necessary, set aside some time to study. And that's what I did. And I still put in that time when it came to academics. And so that carried me through. And um, I, I hope to do the same thing in the league as well, where I interned or I, uh, where I went to a radio station or did some media coverage while playing sports and you just carried it through the NFL and college. And so, yeah, that's my biggest thing. Set aside some time to study and it'll, it'll benefit you in the long run. Kim, where did you get your, uh, your work ethic from? Because clearly it does take a lot of time management. It takes a lot of balance to pull off, you know, playing a major sport at the division one level and also having high academic grades. So who do you kind of give your credit to for your work ethic? I would say mom. I'd say my mom is is an angel when it comes to things like that. Very disciplined. Um, and it kind of just it spilled through. It spilled through. Uh, she set boundaries when I was younger in high school. And <laughs> I told the story the other day, but there'd be times where friends would literally yell outside my room, go, Cam, come outside. And I, I'd wave back like, not today, fellas. I have to study, <laughs> you know? And so I just kind of kept that that structure and carried it into college and carried it into the professional uh, arena as well. So, um, yeah, she's been, she's been, uh, 
huge when it comes to my progression and my discipline and things that I've carried uh, throughout my life. When you look at your football career here in the Dome, what stands out to you as some of your favorite memories of playing for the Orange? Favorite memories playing for the Orange, I would say beating Louisville, um, beating Teddy, Br- Teddy Bridgewater at the Dome. That was pretty special because he is a special quarterback. Um, I would say also be- beating Gideon Smith again in West Virginia. Uh, that Big East rivalry was was super important to us at Syracuse. And then, you know, moving into the ACC, I think um, another, another favorite of mine, was I would say the North Carolina game with uh yeah with with Brissett I mean and Brissett he plays for the Colts I think just playing these high profile quarterbacks in the dome those are my favorite moments because I love to get after the quarterback and I think I did a great job uh, of slipping some offensive linemen and, and sacking the quarterback so those are my favorite moments when I got to do that and it was great camp to just kind of watch your development too you know you went from being uh, one of a, a handful of true freshmen to get in the game your freshman year to earning third team all ACC honors your senior year and uh, that really showed your development and your and your growth as as a player how were you able to take yourself from being a highly regarded uh, linebacker uh, coming in out of Georgia and you come up to Syracuse and earn all conference honors what did it take to see your football maturation kind of develop the way it did I think just playing hard really just being consistent in that. Uh, it was funny because I was speaking with a friend that he works in the front office for the Buccaneers. And he said, Cam, you know what? We would sit back and watch film on you all the time or practice all the time. And we say, hey, Cam is not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the most athletic on this football field. But one thing we know is that he goes hard, you know? And I think just me um, playing all out, practicing all out, uh, giving being an energy captain on the field like that, kept me um, going from high school, from college, and through the NFL. So um, that's just one thing that I just kept consistent and kind of fine-tuned my craft along the way. When it, when it comes to uh, to leaving Syracuse, obviously, you know, you, again, were a decorated four-year member of the Orange, uh, outstanding academics. How tough was it to try to get the attention of the NFL? Because, you know, there's only seven rounds, only 256 players get their names called as a, a drafted uh, rookie. You were one of the undrafted rookie free agents. And clearly that's a, a difficult uh, path to go down when you were used to success, both in high school and in college. How did you have to adjust to that role of trying to chase down that dream of getting a job in the NFL? Well, it felt like going to Syracuse at first, right? You did say at uh, before that, hey, out of high school, you know, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia defensive player of the year there, right? Won a state championship. And then I get to college and I meet Doug Marone, who's an NFL coach, a caliber coach for the Jaguars. He's like, Cam, you'll play special teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and it was the same, it was the same thing going to the league, right? W- whether I was drafted or undrafted, they told me you're going to play special teams. And so um, I think, you know, a saying that I like to say is don't let a moment humble you. Don't let that moment be your humbling moment. And for me, my humbling moment was before the NFL, before the draft. And so going into it, it was that much easier because I kind of know in life that you have to work your way from the bottom to the top. You can't start there unless, of course, you're born there or, you know, gifted it. But uh, for me, there's never been that way. Um, I've I've always had to climb up a ladder. So um, I'm used to the climb and it was just easy for me. You mentioned uh, the climbing up part. I'm glad you brought that up. There was a really cool 
article that was done on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website uh, where they would go through and do a behind the Buccaneers feature. And uh, Carmen Vitale was the one who uh, put it together uh, back in 2018. I was reading through this, uh, Cam, as we were preparing for your interview, and you mentioned the climb up and what it takes for the climb up and how the climb up makes you stronger. Can you can you summarize how that philosophy has applied to your life in the NFL? Because I think people have this glorified image of the league and, you know, they think that all the athletes are multimillionaires and they're driving these rich, fancy cars and they're getting publicity wherever they go. But the reality is, if you're trying to fight to be on a practice squad or be one of the guys to make that 53-man roster, it's not easy. There's a lot of struggle. How have you been able to survive and deal with that struggle of trying to make a name in the league? It's it's funny you bring that up, and I love the research that you put in before this this interview because um, that's something that I did say in an interview with Carmen, and I'm glad. And I I thought of it, and I'm like, man, there's no way he would know that. You know what I mean? There's no way he I, he knew I made that reference, but I'm glad you brought that up. So a uh, bravo to you for that. And basically, when I spoke to her about the climb, um, it's it's a tough thing, like you said, because when you're going out to make a team, you're undrafted. Um, it's similar to life when it comes to corporate America and looking for a job, right? Like for me right now, I'm, of course, I have my own media company, but I'm also looking for a full-time position somewhere when it comes to media, right? And it's it's similar. I'm finding that it's very similar. Um, it has to fit, right? It has to work. Um, whether you give your resume out or whether you run a four or five, you know what I mean, and bench press a certain amount of times or make a certain amount of tackles, that's cool, but there's other people that can do the same thing. So you have to find a way to distinguish yourself and um, to stick. And for me, my stick and my thing was the fact that I played hard and that I knew what I was doing. And so and I'm realizing that too now in the corporate life, like it's the same thing. It has to make sense. It has to fit. And you have to know what you're doing when it comes to, uh, let's say, for an example, I, I do television hosting. So when you go on TV, you have to know what you're doing for this interview, right? Like you were like, Cam, I heard you talk about the climb, right? Like that shows your preparation. That shows um, that level of separation when it comes to uh, you getting chosen for a position or you not getting chosen for a position. So um, for me, that's kind of how I, I took, that was my approach, really, just bring, being prepared and um, giving the best I could. It seems like you've always really had your eyes on a post-football career. Before we delve into your media company, before we delve into your Super Bowl work you're going to be doing coming up, uh, which is just awesome, the fact that you've landed these jobs broadcasting the biggest game in the world, um, I do want to talk about your pro football career because... You know, you've played in 56 games so far between the Rams and the Bucks, but you didn't, uh, you were not on an active uh, roster this past year, correct? Oh, that's correct. Free agent this year. What do you see for yourself as far as your football future on the field? Do you, are you still trying to go out there and, and land a job with one of the 32 teams? Yeah, so as of now, I'm still a free agent. So, you know, you, we kind of wait and see what happens right after the Super Bowl finishes and then see how things go. But also, and I mentioned before, right, like in college, you're a student first and then an athlete second. For me now, it's like, OK, well, I kind of have to um, change that student into a brand. Right. I have to change that student into um, a, a business professional because, you know, right now what's going to pay the bills <laughs> is is finding opportunities to um, to use my skills outside of the football field. And then when football does come 
then then dive into that. But as of now, I will, you know, my, a lot of my energy and focus is being a CEO and providing uh, other people and companies value. You've definitely focused really hard, Cam, on, on building up that brand. And, and that starts obviously back, you know, a lot before the current day that we're talking. You did everything with your broadcasting aspirations to do Cam's Cam, which was an awesome, fun, uh, vibrant little video interviews you would do on a weekly basis with your your orange teammates. Take me through that process. Whose idea was it and how did you go about pulling this off on top of everything else that you're dealing with as a student athlete? So, yeah, I'd say give credit to Sue Edson, um, you know, kind of talking to her throughout throughout the years while I was at Syracuse and doing interviews and being interested. Uh, you know, we kind of spoke about interviewing my teammates and she gave me the creative uh, direction, creative power to uh, to get that going. And so she gave me a, a camera crew <laughs> and an uh, editing crew and we got it done. So um, really, I just kind of like a producer, like an early on, or early producer. And I just thought about what teammates would fit kind of for that week and um, who I want to match up uh, in the interviews and kind of what kind of content. And it's just kind of crazy, the progression that, you know, I go now on YouTube and watch those videos. I'm like, oh, man, what was I doing? And then now, <laughs> you know, able to you know, go on national, you know, a nationally syndicated show and kind of do the same thing. So, um, like the 10,000 hour rule is is a true thing and you have to put the time in when it comes to interviews and, and being an on air personality or behind the camera and producing. So uh, I kind of started and found that passion in college and it's it's been awesome so far. What was it, Cam, about sports casting and sports broadcasting and sports reporting that really appealed to you? Because it seems like a lot of you know, a lot of former athletes want to get into this business, but they want to do it because maybe not for the right reasons. And you, it seems like you're getting in for the right reason because this is where your passion lies. Uh, where did that passion first come from? Really? I'm just, I started to realize, you know, when it comes to media, right? Like that's the thing that's changing. That's the thing that our culture is moving towards uh, the views, the eyeballs, right? You got to get eyeballs on things and video, photo, social media. That's the best way to do it. And just playing sports, right? Like we watch video all the time. You know what I mean? We we analyze video and pictures all the time. So I think it's always kind of been um, in in my in my wheelhouse. And so uh, for me, I realized that this could help a lot of people after I started interviewing my teammates. And then I heard about Players Tribune. And that kind of really pushed me forward because Players Tribune, what it is, it's a, a Derek Jeter owns it. And basically they give power and the voice to the players. So kind of like LeBron James, the uninterrupted, um, the shot that he does where there's no media outlet in between. It's just a player and the company that, that you own. So um, the fact of owning your own dialogue, that kind of uh, sparked the love for me in creating a platform where other athletes and other and people and brands could um, create their own dialogue. That's what um, inspired me. And that's what I want to chase after. And that's so awesome to hear, uh, Cam, that you're talking about you know, your own media company. Uh, you're becoming the CEO of it. You founded this company. It, it's fantastic. Uh, it's really awesome for our people that are out there that are listening. It's Heartwork Media 
heartworkmedia.com. You can find them on Twitter at heartworkmedia1. That's the number one. Of course, you can also follow Cam Lynch at Cameron Lynch 50 on social media on Twitter. And, uh, and Cameron, Cam's doing such great work founding this company. And this experience really seems to have stemmed off of an externship that you had with the Players' Tribune through the NFL Players Association. Um, how did that come about? Because I think, again, people, the NFL gets much maligned, I think, for just focusing on people perceive it as being this multi-billion dollar organization, which it is, but there's opportunities that it seems like are provided to you to reach your goals once you're done playing on the on the gridiron for a football team. How did you take that experience with the NFLPA and turn this into Heartwork Media? So the NFLPA, they provide like you said, externships in the off season. They provide continued education, continued education for athletes as well. And they just provide more. Um, you, like you said, you people think like, hey, these athletes, they run down the field, they go to meetings and they watch film and that's it. But we're more than that. And they have an initiative called Athlete And. And so it's an athlete and X, whatever else you want to fill in after that. So for me, it's broadcaster and CEO. So one guy is a sommelier, you know what I mean? Where he ha- he's the NFL wine guy, you know? So uh, you want to build that uh, that picture for people that, hey, we do, we're not just athletes. We we are students. We are husbands, sons, and different things like that. So the NFLPA does a great job of expressing that because that they are, they are our union. They represent us. And so the NFL and the NFL does as well. They have an NFL player engagement program where the athletes can do things outside the football field. Kind of um, like I said before, where in college you are an athlete and you're a student at the same time. They kind of create that balance as well in the NFL. So um, for me, the NFLPA provided a chance for to go to New York City and intern for Players Tribune for about two weeks and doing that, um, seeing kind of how they create and how they move and how they, um, you know, conduct you know, business opportunities and mergers with other companies um, sitting in there. And I'm like, man, like I can do something like this. So um, after interning there, I was like, hey, I'm start my own company, uh, you know, aligned with some videographers and photographers, people in the media industry who are already doing this and kind of take off and go from there. It's phenomenal, Cam, the work that you're doing. And again, I really, uh, we on this podcast, we love telling our orange success stories of alumni who are really making a difference in their communities. Your story is still so early in its development because obviously, you know, you have a lot of aspirations, whether getting back on the football field, building up your company as a CEO of Heartwork Media and, and launching this sports casting career that you're uh, going on as well. I know we talked about football and it's the most popular sport in this country and the Super Bowl is the most watched event in our country and it's becoming a real international event too. Uh, you were fortunate to land one of the spots doing radio uh, broadcasting for play-by-play commentary for last year's Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams uh, with Talk Sport. Can you give our listeners some insight into how you were able to, to break through the clutter and land this position, again, calling radio for one of the most popular games in the world? It was insane. I mean, it was the first game that I called, uh, actually, in, it was at the Super Bowl. So it was a fast start, really, and it was through the NFL Player Engagement Program. Um, and so that was an awesome experience there where I went to a broadcast boot camp first that the NFL Player Engagement you know, group 
provide provided in Ohio at Bowling Green. And so you kind of I say try out where you're reading the teleprompter, you're reading, um, you know, script and voicing things over. And then after that, they kind of, you know, give you opportunities. So I was able to go on NFL Network after doing that. And then after that, I applied to the, you know, the broadcast bowl is what we call it, where you do radio row and then you call the game. And so I was the one selected from, you know, the stuff that I laid down at um, at Bowling Green on the on the tracks, on the microphone and in front of the camera. And they trusted me and they, I was able to do it. So uh, it was an eye opening experience and it was something that you kind of just jump into. <laughs> I really just jumped into it. You don't test the water at all. You just dive on in. So it was an awesome experience. Who are some of the key influences uh, in your broadcasting career that have maybe helped you find your own voice and your own style so far? I would say Sue Edson is one. I mean, she kind of started it off, right? And it's going to be crazy, but the people who have influenced me in the broadcasting arena, majority will be women. <laughs> so, uh, and if we could talk about that uh, soon, just how women have impacted my life and how I would like to champion women when it comes to business and opportunities, because, you know, women don't get enough love um, like, like like they should. And I, I call them my corporate moms or my, you know, corporate aunts, sisters, but um, they do a great job in pushing forward. So Sue Edson uh, is a major influence in starting the media, media move. Um, and then also you have uh, Whitney Holtzman. She is my marketing director. And she, when it comes to media, she worked, had a chance for work for Gary V for the MLB um, and different things like that. So when it comes to media and she kind of pushes things forward for me when it comes to media. And then also to a, a man that, um, really lifted everything up, lifted everything up was uh, John Nicholson. <laughs> he, um, he he's finished at Syracuse as a professor there, but um, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, he's done a great job in coaching me up and doing th different things like that to prepare uh, for on air. And so, and then also too, um, I have a Mickey Turner. She was, um, she's a professor at USC in the broadcasting um, ar um, arena, and she's helped me develop as a broadcaster as well. So I'd say those four people really pushed me along in this, in this place. Let's talk about your connection and your passion for the women that have made such a difference in your life. I know that, you know, sports traditionally has been a male workplace, a male staple, but obviously we've had so many great women that have broken into the business and made big impressions. Of course, there was the first ever uh, all-female crew calling uh, ACC basketball with Syracuse, which is a huge notable accomplishment, and hopefully we can keep breaking down these barriers as things move forward. Where does your passion for supporting these important women in your life come from? They stem from my mom. <laughs> my mom. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. stem from my mom, man. I mean, she, like I said, she's a superwoman when it comes to life. Um, her and my grandma really have done a great job of just um, being an example of what a woman is to be right and uh you know my dad also he's done a great job of uplifting women he grew up in a house with five sisters so and a mom so i mean you know my, women have been uh, a prominent role in our life and uplifting them i have a little sister too so i mean i'm surrounded by it and of course you know the men in my life have been awesome too but just the women have taken the lead you know what i mean and just praising them and lifting them up whenever we can i think is going to be huge especially in corporate america and it's really important cam to hear that message from again our pro athletes out there who have these positive female role models and to support them in the work that they're doing in their communities and for our professional athletes and 
Speaking of communities, uh, you've done a lot of great work with your philanthropy efforts to kind of give back. There's a really cool video that I've watched a bunch of times uh, where you guys are going to Target to surprise uh, kids who are from foster families with a shopping spree for their Christmas gifts. And that's so cool to see the smiles on their faces as they're getting ready uh, to go out there and pick out their, their Christmas gifts. What drives you to want to give back and be a part of something bigger than yourself? So for me, being a community MVP was probably the most rewarding experience in the NFL. Um, I got the community MVP with the Rams and the Buccaneers and really just giving my time that I had to other people. And so, for example, we would have practice, uh, let's say, a couple of times throughout the week. And the other days I would either be doing internships or I'd be doing community service and making kids smile, making people smile. Um, I think that's like the entertainer in me. Right. And just to give to them uh, that that fills my heart. And so, you know, with that, that thing that we did, it was at Target. It was with a kid's place. And they were these are foster kids who and 60 of them who have been displaced from their homes. And so. We partnered up with Target. We partnered up, partnered up with uh, with the foster home, a kid's place, and also PDQ, which is a, a company kind of similar to uh, uh, Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's out here in Tampa. And so basically we gave these kids a shopping spree, $200 a piece, and they went and bought things that they couldn't. You know, they didn't dream of buying. They couldn't dream of buying. You know, um, some kids didn't even spend most of the money because they said they never had this amount of money before. And just being there with them um, to, to smile and to fulfill their hearts and their needs um, was very special. And I could plan to continue doing that. It's an awesome, awesome effort, awesome initiative. And it was so cool just to, again, see. And a lot, for our folks that are listening, a lot of these kids, from what I've been reading, come from families where they might have been neglected or abused or abandoned and you know, we can take things for granted when it comes to the holidays that everyone's going to have this, you know, picture perfect holiday season. Well, a lot of kids don't have that as part of their reality. So Cam, thank you for, you know, what you guys did for your part to give back to those Tampa families. It really was, uh, was quite heartwarming to see that. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy, but while doing media and speaking and doing different things, when you do community work, I mean, people receive it more than anything. And that just goes to show, right? Like the the bigger the heart, like the better. The more you receive, the more you are received. And like an Ellen or an Oprah, right? Like the things that they do, uh, they're transforming lives, and that's that's what I want to continue. Now, speaking of transforming lives, you mentioned uh, last year you got the awesome experience of being. Uh, Radio Road doing commentary for the Super Bowl. Uh, what are your plans to try to crack in and do broadcast work for, for this year's Super Bowl? So for this year's Super Bowl, I will actually be traveling overseas. So um, I will be traveling overseas with the Armed Forces Entertainment Group, and it's called Pro Tours as well. Um, and basically what we do is we hang out with the troops during the Super Bowl. So troops that are in that are in Guam or Australia, that's where we're going this year, on the Navy naval bases or the military bases, that's where we'll go and uh, we'll do play 60s with them, right? So, you know, play outside for 60 minutes with the kids and do a camp um, and just discuss their favorite things about life and, and sports. So um, we go do that and I will be get, gathering content there. So, you know, hopefully I, with the content that I do get, um, I can, you know, apply it to my media company, right? Help expand my portfolio and then also send it to uh, this show I've been contracted to 
to, you know, every other day or um, every now and then go to the show called Daytime here in Tampa and that I hosted for. And so I'll be creating content for them as well. So really um, for the Super Bowl specifically, I won't be doing work for them, but for <laughs> for our, our troops overseas, that's what I'll be doing work for. You've gotten to really travel, you know, quite a bit uh, for a lot of these philanthropic endeavors that you have have gone on. What is the important role that travel plays in your life, whether you're going to, to Guam, whether you're going overseas? What role has travel played in your development? Well, it gives you an appreciation um, kind of where you are and of other people as well. Um, it hum- It's very humbling as well because, you know, you're operating on on minimal. You know what I mean? You don't have the comfort of your home to go back to. Uh, you're going to a different country that operates with under different laws and different rules. So it gives you the ability to be flexible and to be open and expand your mind because if you don't, it's going to be a rough experience. So um, I think traveling is a must uh, for everyone. Um, get a passport, you know what I mean? And take that time to decompress and change your environment. Wherever you go, Cam, I'm sure that you are uh, encountered with Syracuse alumni. We, of course, are 241,000 strong alumni around the globe. Obviously, uh, you know, there's certain pockets in the states where our alumni are more prevalent, but the Orange Nation really does travel quite well. And I'm sure you've experienced a lot of that in your football career. What does it mean to you to be an alum of Syracuse University? To be an alum of Syracuse University is probably one of the most um, enjoyable Um, the most effective and the um, most impressive things that I have been a part of, to be honest. I mean, you know, of course you have like playing in the NFL or, you know, winning a state championship, graduating graduating from Syracuse University has propelled me in life as a person and professionally uh, more so than anything. I mean, just like you said, the people that are involved, um, the effect that it has on other people, um, and the impression that Syracuse University leaves on other people's hearts is um, is crazy, it, and it's and I love it. Well, Cam, you're an awesome ambassador for Syracuse University. You've had a great story to tell, and of course, you're going to keep telling those really compelling stories through your media company out there. And hopefully, one day we get a chance to see you back on the football field. Uh, whatever team might take a chance on you, I think they're definitely going to get a hungry and a driven player who will give back to the team and their community. And uh, you make us proud to call you an alum, and we really appreciate you stopping by the podcast today. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, anytime you want me on, just just let me know. But uh, go Orange, and thank you for having me on. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.